right, Trent, here we are. First episode of the What is Key Pro Tour podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me for this first recap. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and what's like, I think why this is, why this is so cool is because not only is it the first, uh, you know, episode that we're going to be doing in, in this nature, it's, it, and it's covering, um, an event that is, um, the first of its, you know, in its nature too, as it, as it relates to, to the Waterski Pro Tour. That's, that's exactly right. It's, uh, it was a trick only event it was the swiss pro tricks and it was actually the mm -hmm. first edition of this tournament so first episode of the podcast first uh edition of this event uh first tournament in the tour for the 2023 season mm -hmm. and and tricks only uh which is an all yeah and it stands up i don't know man i i, I hope any, anyone that's listening to this also watched the tournament um because I mean, I was reaching out to all of my people, and you can imagine most of my people are slalom skiers. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm, obviously, I, I come from a trick ski background myself, but the tournament stands up. It was so exciting. It was that was the easiest tournament for me to watch um, since I've been tuning into you know these these pro events on on uh, on the various webcasts. No, very easy to watch. I mean, obviously, uh, broadcasted by the TWBC, which, you know, it has been said many times, but uh, it can be overstated, the, the good quality of product, watchable, entertaining on all fronts. Uh, but this one was uh, a different event, right? It was tricks only. And, you know, you have those gaps that are uh, somewhat not as predictable, right? So let's mm -hmm. say in a slalom tournament, you run your pass, you dropped, you got... 60 seconds so even from a broadcasting standpoint you can manage those six seconds repetitively but here you have situations where the trigger would fall let's say and they would have to be brought in the boat brought at the end of the lake um and i think there they there was very good commentary uh especially from alexei how cool was it to have him behind the mic to just mm. you know uh explain what was happening during the event yeah for sure yeah <clears throat> yeah when you can have a you know, former world record holder, world champion, uh, lending a little bit of insight for sure. It was amazing. And, and I think, you know, okay. So first of all, I, I don't, I've skied at Swiss, you know, I, I, I've never trained there, but I've skied pro events there and I've, and I've always skied pretty good there. What, Swiss delivers, man. It's insane. Like you go, you know, yeah. you just look through the, through, you know, through the, I think it's maybe there's been eight or nine Swiss pro slaloms every single time. It's some of the biggest scores of the year. And, and so you're going to be, you know, like some places just slalom amazing. How, how they were able to deliver in the same, in the same fashion when it comes to tricks, you know, what you think there's going to be slightly fewer variables. Um, the skiing was, was unlike anything that has ever happened in the history of the sport. And that's in no way, uh, you know, an overreach. No, no, for sure, for sure. And uh, the one thing I would say, because obviously it was a new challenge for the, the people at Swiss Water Ski yeah. Resort as well. They've never organized a trick-only event, to my knowledge, and certainly not a, a professional trick event. Uh, and there's just that aspect when, you know, you have the best of the best in the sport showing up uh, at the lake that pushes you to, to have all the details in order. And uh, yeah. We can go stereotypical and say that Swiss people tend to be like that, uh, but certainly, you know, the start of cool. our family is yeah. is like that. You know, like yeah, yeah, if the yeah. boo is not exactly at that height, Clint and Vince and Benny and their staff will take 
all the pains necessary to make sure that he's at the perfect height. And then that goes for the boat towing the event, the camera angles, um, yeah. the placement of the judges, the speed with which the scores were coming through. I mean, on and on and on. Um, yeah. Brilliant event. All around. Yeah. So I think if you're going to look for then a commonality, like, you know, I say the the Swiss Pro Slalom has some of the biggest scores of the year. And now the Swiss Pro Trick um, <clears throat> had just, you know, scores we couldn't have, consistent scores that we couldn't have ever imagined. Um, I guess the commonality is, is, the, is the format. Both of these, the Slalom and the Trick event had a very similar format in that two wide open qualifying rounds, meaning meaning there's no, in that first round, there was no pressure to try and make a cut um, because it was the best score of the two rounds, nothing combined, no, no first round cut. Um, And, you know, it was said over and over on the weekend. And and similarly, you know, in Swiss pro slalom, you know, it just, it takes some of that pressure off and it allows you to be, you know, a little more creative, a little more um, aggressive, you know, there's just, there's no reason to lay up in that first round. And and it, you know, it held true. I mean, first round, there's two scores over 12,000 points and, and Pat O'Font tied his world record um, of, I'm not sure what, 12,590, yes. 12,590, yeah. Yes. 20 points ahead of 12,570, which was the previous world record. Uh, set by the person that was behind the mic announcing Pato, right? So, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, beautiful, beautiful uh, connection there. But yeah, yeah, and you sort of you sort of anticipated uh, one of the, the thoughts I had about this tournament, which, uh, you know, tricks is hard. And it takes months and <laughs> months and years and years to dial in those 40 seconds. And uh, realistically speaking, despite it was Mumba, this was an early season event. You know, like there's... Yeah. Uh, it's mid April. It was mid April, uh, second half of April. Some of the skiers there uh, flew in uh, either for the event or just flew in uh, for the tournament. I was thinking of uh, Duplan, who ended up tricking twelve three, <laughs> and was wearing a Camaro just because he had been wearing one in Europe yeah. here until a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, and yet scores were very high, and I I want to venture in saying that it was truly because of the format. Because if you yeah. think about it, like. I can't recall of a trick event, um, let's say titled event or pro event, in which trickers had two rounds to play with. It's either a prelim final type of uh, format or a prelim semi and then final. And uh, that makes a whole lot of difference for uh, how you approach the event. Like, So for the audience that might be more used to slalom, if you think of like a preliminary and final type of round in the prelims, you will take a little risk because the goal is to make it into those top 12 or top eight, uh, whatever it may be. Um, Now you move that into tricks and all of a sudden runs start to change. You might go for something allegedly a little safer or something that you know that even if you wobble, you stay in time. Um, Whereas here we saw, you know, huge scores in in those two rounds. We saw uh, Pato, for instance, deciding not to ski the second round. So mm-hmm. it, it opened up a completely new dimension for even the skiers themselves. For sure, yeah. And 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 to your point, Lee, you could see it. Um, you know, very first round, Pato, <clears throat> you know, whatever, ties his world record. Um, Joel went twelve. 
12,100. And then, so you saw Joel, Joel's second round where he took that ski line five out and was going to plug that ski line seven in and, to, to, you know, to see if he could, I guess my, my point is, or to your point, you, you wouldn't see that in a normal, in a normal, uh, or, or a more traditionally, um, uh, ran event, right? Like and you, you could watch people take tricks out, put tricks in. And, and again, like not, not to say that they're ever playing safe because you can't trick 12 and play safe, but you got to see them yeah. explore what was really possible on that day for them. So um, yeah, well done. Like the men's cut was somewhere right around 11, 250 or 260, something like that um, for a six man final. That's, that's insanely high. And, and women's cut was, you can, you'll, you'll have to correct me in the exact on this, but it was, you know, 9,200, something like that. Right. So, yeah, I believe Natalia was the last one in with 9230. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, high cut. Right. And, and I sure. also like the fact that they went for six skiers, which created, you know, already it would have been high cuts even for an eight skier final. But certainly with six, we started to see, you know, uh, very high scores. I mean, uh, one of the big trick sensations of the last couple of years, Matias Gonzalez, 14 mm. or 15 year old. 11, 11, 100, 11, 130 didn't make the final. Right. No, so I know. They, right. And that's, and while that's gotta be high. disappointing, but it's like, you're like, like if it, there, you, you, that you just made a testament to the, you know, to the state of trick skiing and to, and, and to, you know, how huge this tournament was exactly that, right. 11, one, and, and you're watching the final. Yeah, exactly. That's very, very atypical. Um, what do you say, Trent? Should we maybe start with the with the women's side of things? See what we noticed. Yeah, yeah. What's set up for you? Um, I must say, uh, and and I might be wrong on this, but let's start with the um, with Kennedy. Uh, I believe it mm-hmm. might be the first time she goes over nine. This is someone who you know I believe won two junior worlds in a row. Uh, yeah. obviously had her big uh, exposure to pro skiing last year with her participation at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, looked really solid and dialed in to me. I think, you know, when when you see the scores, uh, you know, like there were obviously Erica went over 11, Anna went 10-5 twice, and Neely, uh, certainly someone who can get over 10 consistently. And you know, she skied 99.50. Mm-hmm. I think in the position for Kennedy was like, okay, I, I got to throw it all, go as fast as I can, throw everything I have to get a chance to be on the podium because at the end of the day, in the final, that's that's all that matters. Um, and, and I must say, it was really cool to see her push. You know, like um, when you're at that level, as you know well, where you're making the finals and you're trying to bother that top notch, uh, I think yeah. she she put a tremendous effort there. That was the yeah. the first thing I noticed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I think for me, I, I you know what really st- stood out is um, <clears throat> Anna Gay. I mean, she ended up ten five twice in a row. Um, but like w- watching her, I I, I I just couldn't help but like it, I just kept returning to my brain. I'm like, this this might be the best trick skier on the planet. And, and, and I mean that from more of a, from a, I mean, obviously, you know, Erica Lang is is obviously, you know, she is, she's the best female trick skier, you know, in the history of the sport at, you know, at this moment, but, but watching the way Anna moved, like just such efficiency in, in motion, like every, no extraneous movements. I'm just like, you know, it's like watching, 
you know, well, I'm not going to, it's like watching, you know, Nate Slalomski. You're just like, well, if you, if you ever needed right. to understand what needs to happen, maybe you just need to watch this guy on video a little bit. It's, it was like that watching Anna. It was, I'm like this, every single move was perfect, you know? And, and like she said at the yeah. end of the, you know, when she finished up second, she's like, look, I, I ran, I went 10, five twice. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have over 11 in me right now. Um, so I know she was happy with the way she skied, but it, it's, I'm just like, well, she, she might be technically um, the, the best skier in the history of the sport. I've never seen anyone make it look that easy, that flawless before. Oh yeah, for sure. And to be honest with you, like uh, if I had to to show videos uh, of how to, you know, uh, perform a trick or learn a trick here at ski school Anna's videos are certainly the the first that come to mind right uh, mm. she's extremely clean uh, all her tricks are high are well executed um, you know it's one of those videos that you you don't show in judges courses because basically well it's all pretty much perfect <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah you know sure. the the interesting thing with Anna, and I think it's a good point to anyone that tricks or has ever attempted to, you know, become better at trick skiing, you get to a certain point where you have to trade. Uh, it's a risk-reward type of trade, right? So Anna's run has been consistently somewhat the same, give or take a, a few easy tricks at the end that might stick on time for a while. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I know she has more tricks, uh, but then it becomes a question of, is it worth putting them in? Like, am I going to get, you know, uh, rewarded to put those tricks in terms merely of like, is the run going to stay in time? Am I going to get the points I need? And when I heard her interview after a run, when she said exactly, you know, you, you quoted her perfectly, I was thinking, do you not have it? Like, I, th I think you, you could, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's more of a question of like, is it worth doing? Is it worth you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throwing that stuff in. How many months of testing the, that new run or those new extra tricks is it going to take before you feel confident uh, to put those tricks in? Um, which, you know, looking at the other side of the medal, so Erica, who obviously won yesterday, uh, she has always struck me as the opposite, right? And I don't know if it's her wakeboarding uh, giving her it's that confidence to just throw things, you know? It's so exciting. Um, it's so and exciting. It's, it's like more confident. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, if, you know, just words, the word that came to mind me watching her in the final, um, in reference to Erica was like ferocious, especially her toe run. Yeah. Um, like towards the end that, that toy line back to back reverse sequence. I was, I mean, that was, it was jaw dropping from like, like that much power into, into a trick that other people seem make it look, um, I don't want to say effortless, but, but you know, definitely less less input required you know but it was it was where she was in that pass it was like she was she was not not going to get those two tricks and it was a uh, yeah it's and that's what's really cool and you get this in slalom too um and in jump but but to to watch you know the erica versus anna you know both capable of winning that day um just to watch how different their 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 approach is right very, very different. And uh, obviously, you know, the, we will leave, um, I, I should have mentioned, there will be links in the description of this episode where you can watch highlights produced by the Waterski podcast of the event. Uh, but you'll notice that after those Tovic line back-to-backs uh, that you referred to, uh, the first thing that Anna 
uh, sorry, that Erica did after cheating was pointing at Matt, who was spinning for her, and say, "You're you're pretty good, buddy." Like, <laughs> that thank was you, really cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, that that uh, popped in my mind too, um, especially after the first one. I was like, ah, "That's pretty good pinning," you know. Um, and I know you're kind of scanning. Yeah. You're trying to like for me, it was it was it's always like you know, are their hips square? And are they somewhat over their, you know, somewhat over their feet? And, 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 and he, uh, you know, he nailed it because that, that took a steady hand to not, to not let her go. Yeah. And especially for that specific trick, because, uh, technically speaking, a reverse trick is the one that follows, uh, the one before with the same rotation, but we all call that first toe weight climb back to back as the reverse one. Cause you go over with the tail as opposed to with the tip of the ski. And yeah. with that specific trick, like it takes uh, trust in the skier and the skier trust in the pinner to not let go because you have to land very precisely over your ski, um, <laughs> you know, uh, to avoid, you know, uh, un, un, unwanted consequences, let's say. So, yeah. no, good on them. And that basically landed us with Erika winning the uh, the first edition of the, the Swiss Pro Tricks, passing 11,000 points. Uh, so 11,030, uh, then Anna, as we said, second in, with uh, 10,530, and then Neely Ross in third place with 9950. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, uh, the, pod the podium that I guess, you know, uh, a lot of people would have expected, maybe different, you know, shuffle these no, three. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But that was kind of the expected podium, I would say. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. No, I agree. Um, okay, so then if we're gonna go on to the men, I think like it, it's it'll probably get said to death, but it's worth mentioning like that that ski line five incident that Dorian Llewellyn had in the in the in the uh, in the preliminaries. Did you did you see that? Uh, no, I missed it. What happened there? Yeah, you, you'll see. It'll be all over Instagram. But but he, you know, it, it was uh, ski line five. He didn't he didn't go over the rope, and he actually got a little bit a little bit wrapped up in it in in. First thing I was like, okay, you know, Jared, his, his, his dad was, was pulling, you know, was pinning for him. And I'm like, he's probably going to let this one go because this, the, the, the rope was under his ski and, and it looked almost like the hat, maybe the handle got caught a little bit on his ski and it, it, cause it looked like he got a little bit of propulsion that I wasn't expecting. Um, mm -hmm. Jared didn't release him and, <laughs> and Dorian stayed over his feet and like just plunged his hand somewhere into the water, came up with the handle and then and went, went, just carried on with his run. You know, I think there was maybe what? two tricks, two tricks left. It, it, it was, it was, um, it got mentioned and then, it, but I think like, like when you watch it again, I'm like, he was kind of wrapped up in the rope, but he didn't just grab the handle and, and, you know, and, and that was the end. No, he, he, he put another two or three tricks into the end of the pass still in time. So, uh, you know, aside from wow. the world records and the, all the 12,000 points, uh, and that was in the preliminaries that, that was a uh, startling when you're just like athleticism, you know, it's like watching John Travers at the worlds in 21, you know, body slide and get back up and, yeah. and still get yeah, the exactly. full point, you know? Yeah. And it's funny how sometimes those like, uh, scenic, uh, let's say, uh, saves or falls or, you know, like my, might actually be, you know, let's say from Jared's perspective, he might have seen Dorian do that a hundred times in practice, and he knows that Certainly. if he holds on to that, you know, Dorian will be fine. Um, <laughs> but was that the first round of prelim or second? Do you remember? First, yeah, it was the first round. First, first yeah. Round. yeah. I'm seeing the scores. It's 
and I believe I watched the second round of prelim from from Dorian was eleven six ten. I'm like, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, probably yeah. is the first one ten six eighty, but still, <laughs> yep. Dorian ended up in second place. Um, and then I will tell you the one thing, like overarching theme uh, about for me about men was the variety of runs, which, you know, yeah. you and I who are big fans of the sport know there was a time not too long ago where runs really all looked the same, right? So For sure. Two mobs, two front flips, two back landings, um, two skill and fives, a skill and no, and then X, whether it's a skill and back-to-back, a week seven, or, or other thing. And, you know, I'm watching at the top six, the, the six that made it into the final, and really, runs were very variegated, different combination of tricks, different way of putting them together, um, especially in the hands, in the hands run. And toes, there, there is a little bit less variability, but still, like, every skier looked different, was a true expression of who he is, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And you think, you know, so much... And like at that level, like it just, it baffled me, but so much goes into the crafting of those runs, you know, in terms of, it's kind of like you said, like risk reward, like, you know, you know, where, well, like for instance, uh, Joel Poland starts with that um, toe wake five back, right? And then toe front and then, and then right from there goes into like a toe back. And then I'm pretty sure he does a toe slide. I think he does toe wake back, toe front, toe slide before he goes back into his run. And it was just like, I'm like, oh, that's really interesting, you know, where where you're right. Like, especially even 10 years ago, like those, you could almost call those runs about two tricks ahead of of, of how they were happening. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, exactly that. I mean, uh, there was a time where toe wake five back uh was uh, a trend, but we're going back a little bit ago, right? Yeah, so yeah. I remember Helena Milakova had one and a half toe runs uh, in her trick run, and the second one would start with toe wake five back. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw Joel doing I saw Erica doing it. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, it looks like this trick is coming back. Um, now, here's one thing that happened here, which I believe even you and I spoke, spoke about it in one episode where we recap the 21 season um, on the Waterski podcast. And, you know, remember the Worlds two years ago? 10-6, mm-hmm. the cut for top 12. 10-4 was third place. Yeah, I kind of had a bit of a deja vu with that yesterday, right? So as we said, 11-130, Matty didn't get you into the final. Yeah. 10-780 was third place in the final. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So going back to what we said before about like that risk reward kind of strategy, uh, Dorian seems to be the one that knows how to play it very well, right? Um, you know, he had a 11-6 in the second round, so it's not that yep. he wasn't scoring, uh, but in the third, in the final, where it mattered, where the money's on the line, the final placement is on the line, he delivered, you know, ended up second. Yeah, for sure. And so, yes, you're talking about like, you know, his, how, how, um, excuse me, efficient he is or effective he is as a competitor. And I had that, I had that exact same, um, thought as it, as it, um, excuse me, as it relates to Joel Poland, you know, what was interesting about this. So obviously, you know, in, in many regards, you could say Joel's the best tricker in the world, like, you know, but, if Pato stands up, Joel doesn't have it, right? 
You know, right. like at this moment, Joel does not have the run to, to beat Pato if Pato stands up. And, and then, so, and the, so where, where I'm going with this is, is then you, you go back to masters last year. You're like, okay, Freddie, Ryan Dodd, you're like, is Joel Poland at this moment, is he the best jumper here? And, and the answer is no, but holy crap, can this guy compete? Right. I mean, it, it's, yeah. And it's like, there. There's that's like an an you know that's that intangible deal, and that's not to suggest that Pato can't compete, and not to suggest that obviously Freddie or Ryan can't compete. But you know, here's this you know this kid that that while one of the very 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 best in the world, he's beating people that on paper are better than him when it matters most. And I'm just like, gosh, for his age, 24 years old, you know, to have that. And I don't, I mean, like it's more than confidence. It's it's not swagger it's not none of these you know no no silly um tag we can put on it but but holy crap like like dorian can this guy ever compete yeah no the i mean these two gave a show for the ages in 21 when he came to overall and obviously oh overall gosh. uh seasons are are measured in uh in odd numbered years right the years that the mm-hmm. worlds are happening so yeah just parentheses aside i cannot wait to see what these two are going to produce in overall this year. Um, and maybe that's the key, you know, like they, in overall, even more than in tricks, you have to be a consistent performer, right? Yeah. And these two, when you look at trick events, they they deliver, you know, they whatever it is they can do, they will do, you know? Yeah. Uh, Patu is a specialist. And uh, I, I can say with a degree of confidence that you could transport this argument to slalom and jump and you'll see the exact same thing right yeah um you know like great overall skiers that were that are were great jumpers they have that consistency in in that jump set and in their slalom set right uh they might not have that extra you know two or three meters that it takes to win or the two or three extra buoys that it takes to win that specific event uh, the specific discipline, but they they are there. You know that that rule yeah. hasn't changed in decades of water skiing. Um, and then Joel, you know, I was looking when you said that he didn't have the run. I was looking at the twelve thousand one hundred um, score that he put in the first round. Mm. And yes, at least the run that he had for this past weekend, there were sixty points more, right? Uh, yeah. Which would have brought him to twelve one sixty. Uh, not you know, uh, touching twelve five ninety from Pato potentially, or even I gotta say twelve three from from <laughs> Louis, who you yeah. know, wow, 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 what a skier! Um, you know, I, I and I love his style. It reminds me just because of contingency. I had Pierre Ballon here in San Giovanni last weekend. You know, very similar, aggressive, get it done, take big loads, and you know catapult yourself to the next trick style and hey in the man's side it's one of the ways to ski you know like uh, obviously taking advantage of a little bit of extra strength and and they get it done you know and i mean unfortunately it didn't happen for louis in the final but uh yes certainly showed that he's one of those twelve thousand point skiers which I can't even believe I'm saying this sentence. One of those, right? Like yeah. <laughs> until not too long ago, you would see one every decade, and now there's a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think you know, rounding of the top three for me, <clears throat> you know, it was it was as 
this past weekend, that's as much as I've ever gotten to see um, Martin Labrick trick. And one is just in terms of this kid. I mean, this kid's strength is insane. Like, to, you know, just on the water, off the water. Like he does, he doesn't look like a 17 year old. It's, 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 uh, no. it's unbelievable how, how, how strong this little guy is. And, and um, I guess the two things for me was just what, what, what stands out when you watch him is, is he's just, he's like, it's one powerful, but two really poppy. Like he goes really straight up and down. And, um, you know, I, I think that's likely a product of, of that strength to weight ratio. You know, he, he, he can like really load late and, 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 um, yeah, it's a, it's a different, it, it definitely looks a lot different than, you know, the way Joel or, or, um, or Paddle look, especially in hands. Yeah. And I think the, you know, uh, uh, Ace said it the best yesterday during the finals commentary. He said, this is a junior skier who doesn't look like a junior, right? So there's, um, there's uh, yeah. a lot of junior skiers right now and that have been in the last decade that can push to 11 plus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they look, uh, I don't know how to say it, uh, youthful and, and you know, you, they can't take big loads. The, the tricks are... Still, how can I say, you can tell that hasn't been a lot of repetition in those tricks just by mere age, you know. Uh, But somehow Martin doesn't make it look like that. He makes it look like he's been doing ski line five for 20 years, but he's (laughs) 17, you know. (laughs) Really Um, good point. So, no, I I was very impressed by him too. Uh, And then obviously the scores showed it, right? Like 11.580 first round, 11.830 second round, Mm -hmm. and then 10.780 in the third round, which... You know, uh, at the time he when when Freddie interviewed him, he thought, "Well, you know, I'm just happy that that I'm here and I skied okay." And then, sure enough, like unpredictability of trick events that ended up being enough yeah. for third place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> obviously, we talked about you know Dorian Dorian in second, um, and then you know Joel picking up this title, and and he just. And that's again, like how I, like I was right at the beginning of this episode. I said this tournament really stood up because, you know, what didn't we have? We had a tied world record. We had all these scores over twelve. The winning score was over twelve, um, and you know, and Joel just delivered, man. You know, he went out and and he put out a run over twelve that was going to make sure that the paddle was going to have to do not his A run, but going to have to do a solid B run, if you will, um, and you know, and he said it on the podium, you know, like he said something on the lines of, you know, trick skiing is back, you know, and, it, and it, these guys um, yep. and girls, they should be super proud because, um, you know, that, you know, and again, from a slalom skiers perspective, that was one of the funnest tournaments I've watched um, in, you know, in recent memory. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. And, and what's interesting, I think trick skiing has been back for a while uh, it's cool sure. that there was a, a cash prize event, part of the Water Ski Pro Tour that allowed these trickers to, you know, compete in a different format and get a bigger audience. Um, but w- the scores with which these two events, like the, the men and both in the men and the women, the scores with which they were won, these are scores that were unimaginable, uh, let's say, 10 years ago. In the women's side, 10 years ago, nobody was talking about a woman tricking 11 points. And in the yeah. men, there had been some 12,000 points, but at some weird event, nobody was really seeing them, you know, record tournaments, which, again, this is not an offense to the trick skiers. At the time, 12 grand was 
very, very, how can I say, risky. So you weren't going to yeah. do it at a world championship or at a pro tournament. You just went to some backyard four rounds to try things out. And now we had three skiers going over 12, and 12 was the, the winning score. So, yes, Joe, trick skiing is back for sure. <laughs> um, right on. Uh, Matteo, what do we have? We don't have to wait long for the next event, huh? No, two weeks. Uh, in two weeks' time, there will be two events on the same weekend. So there will be the King of Darkness, uh, Slalom and Jump, on the Friday, Saturday at uh, Isle of Hancock. And then on the Sunday, uh, back to Swiss for the Swiss Pro Slalom. Spoiled. Yeah, Spoiled. Sorry. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I can't wait for the events and I can't wait for uh, these episodes of the Waterskeeper Tour podcast to help our fans, our listenership, the people passionate for the sport to get a sense of how the tournament went.